Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, here's, here's something crazy that everybody knows, but people don't think about it because they get their priorities wrong, which is that uh, being sedentary, sedentary means sitting and not moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being sedentary is one of the largest causes of sickness, illness, and disease in the modern world. Mm-hmm. Um, being stuck in one place in one position. Um, even though we have mobile phones, and even though we have uh, laptops, which are like mobile computers, right? Um, we still find ourselves a lot of the time sitting. And even myself, right? When I'm doing things like uh, writing articles, I find it very hard to not be sitting in front of a computer while I'm writing an article. Although it is possible, it is possible with um, some of the speech to text technology mm-hmm. yep. um, within uh, within some applications. There's, there, I think Google Documents has a speech to text technology, which is okay relatively. And um, I was looking at, um, and th- th- there's other ones as well. Um, can't remember what I use in my phone. I use another one in my phone, which is which is really good. Um, and uh, what was I looking at the other day? Oh, you, YouTube's speech to text technology is amazing. Like I can make a video and put it on YouTube and click uh, closed captions text options, and it automatically transcribes and puts on the screen what I'm saying. And it is 99% accurate, 99% accurate. It's incredible. This is despite the fact that my, despite the fact that I have an accent in my language and despite Mm -hmm. the fact that some of my words are not pronounced clearly or despite the fact that I speak quickly at times, the YouTube is still able to transcribe things almost perfectly. Mm. Um, Which means a lot of people have just lost their jobs. Uh, (laughs) That's (laughs) really what that means uh, because the, Mm. because the technology is better than the people at it. Right. You know, the technology is, is uh, it's built by people, but um, its results are more accurate because technology doesn't have a headache, right? Technology doesn't have feelings. Um, so it doesn't, it, technology doesn't discriminate really, mm. which is a, a relatively good thing about technology. So, mm. uh, you know, the, um, the, the technology is basically almost there. I mean, I tested years ago, or talking three, four years ago, I tested recording an audio as I was walking somewhere and then taking that audio and putting it into a speech to text program and getting it to transcribe what I was saying automatically. Mm-hmm. And It worked, not perfectly, but it 
but it worked, right? And that that's quite incredible in terms of uh, being able to multitask and do things and to free things up. So I could I could walk somewhere, I could record whatever it is I wanted to say or write or whatever, and then I could get that put into text by mm. by a computer program. And that was years ago. So I mean, the technology must be better now. So, uh, um, and well, I know people. I know people who write books. Some of them quite quickly. And when I explore, you know, how is it possible that you're able to write a book in a weekend, for example? These people write a whole book in a weekend. Mm. You know, they start on Friday evening, they finish on Monday morning, and they write a whole book in a weekend. Like, how do you do that? And when you look into how they do that, that's how they, they do it with speech-to-text technology. They don't sit down in front of a computer and write the book. They just have the idea in their head and they, they speak it out. And they do that for a day and a half. And then they just go back and edit it. And that's their book. They write a book in a weekend. Mm. Um, so um, it shows what is what is what is possible with all of that and uh you know it's, it's always interesting that as people become more popular authors and musicians are another good example because as you become more popular there's longer times between your albums you know there's, there's if you're the ACDC or the Guns N' Roses or the Metallica of the rock world you know you have five to ten years between your albums um and it's just like, what are you doing for five to 10 years? Mm. Um, because you could, you know, some people record great albums in a day. So, uh, uh, so it happens. And uh, it is, uh, <clears throat> it's extremely powerful that people don't realize. People haven't got it yet. They haven't got it yet. Like I was in... Uh, where a lot of people from our generation are still living in our generation. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people from our generation are living in the mentality of the mentality that we grew up with. Yeah. You know, I had the old rotary telephone, you know, right. You know, that, 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 that's sort of that lifestyle, right. People haven't got it yet. And I was saying this last week, I made a video in virtual reality. I can't, I can't remember where I was or what I was doing. I was looking for some educational things. And people build entire worlds in virtual reality. Now. And I was exploring the worlds that people had built, you know, like uh, fantasy landscapes and giant castles and uh, um, parks and zoos where you can visit the animals and things and mm. and so pe people haven't worked it out people they still haven't worked out that mm. you can there's, there's nothing better than going out into the real world and having a real world experience however to prepare for that let's say you can actually use the virtual reality technology to travel anywhere and do anything. 
I think the technology is so powerful now that yeah, the, right. the, que the question of if you want it is irrelevant. Why? The question, the, because those who integrate with the technology will um, but the, the, I get have people, all the advantages. Yeah, but people lost connection with, with everything. There's a possibility of that. There's a very big danger of that. Um, and the, the argument, and I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, it's like, yes, people do lose contact with reality. Yeah, they do. The argument on the other side is that look at all the advances of technology. I mean, there was the, the downside to the creation of the car was that people got fat, right? They got they 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 were able to travel from one side of the country to the other side of the country like like this, but they weren't able to move because they were stuck behind the wheel of their car, so it had a negative impact on their health. Um, and that's what people have to balance, right? Um, you know, global global trade is fantastic, but is it fantastic if all we're shipping is Coca Cola? sugar and alcohol you know <laughs> and chocolate right <laughs> you know that's we have this you know, we have truckloads of food created in britain being driven to germany and truckloads of food manufactured in germany being driven to britain i mean it, it it's kind of insane so um it's the balance of the two sides of those things where I'll tell you what it was. I visited the, remember now, I visited the museum of, I think it's called other realities in virtual reality, where there's a giant museum, mm. which is infinite. It's an infinite museum. It never ends with portals to other infinite museums. And you can get completely lost. Not only that, all of the exhibits are interactive. So you can actually physically put yourself inside of the exhibit. Yeah. So it changes the, the, the static experience that people have when they visit museums, which is to stand and look at something, which is not really, a, it's, not, it's not always a bad thing because it's, it, it's good to have your own space. It's good to think. It's good to appreciate art. It, you know, it's, it's good to have all those things. Um, mm -hmm. But th this takes it to another level where you can actually enter the art. You actually go into the art. You can go into the picture and walk around inside a famous painting and see things from a completely different perspective. People haven't got that yet. They're not, they're not, they don't understand yet. This is going to, this is going to win. It's unavoidable. Just like mm. the car replaced the horse. Just like the just like writing on a computer replaced writing on paper. I'm not, not, not saying it's better. I'm just saying it enables us to achieve a certain level of efficiency. Yeah. Uh, you need to live within your locality. You know, you need to be able to go out and have those experiences. And, um, you know, there's nothing better than experiencing the change of colors in autumn. Looking at the 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 you know as the the leaves change from 
green to brown and yellow and red. And uh, you've got all of this beauty in nature around about. And we, um, we don't want to lose that. But let's say if you want to give your children a unique and special experience, and let, to be honest about this, you don't need to go anywhere, right? I mean, you mm -hmm. can just sit down with your child or children and have a unique and special experience, just being with them and them being with you, mm -hmm. and that's great. Um, as parents, we tend to begin, when we want our children to have more experiences, we look at the bigger world and say, okay, well, we've done this and this and this in our locality. What is there that we can you know, drive for one hour to get to one place to do what is there that what, 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 you know, what special experience can we give our children, which is something different. And that's where the virtual world begins to appear. Because as you begin to think about what are the other possibilities, you begin to think about what is the, really what is the infinite? And let me give you, a, it's, <laughs> what's obvious to some people is much less obvious to others. Um, years ago, I had a client and she loved to go rollerblading. Mm -hmm. And her boyfriend loved to travel mm -hmm. and she wanted to mix the traveling and the rollerblading, which is kind of a really a nice mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, let's go somewhere and do something. And um, so they went to, um, they went to Budapest for a weekend mm -hmm. and they took their rollerblades and they rollerbladed around Budapest for the weekend. And I remember asking her, I said, oh, I said, how did you know, how did you know, like, where to go? And she said, well, before we went, I went to Google Maps. And you know how they have the street view in the cities, well, the street view everywhere now. And she said, I looked at Google Street View and I planned where we could go on rollerblades, because obviously you can't go everywhere on rollerblades. You need a you know, relatively flat surface. And she said, I planned it on Google Maps because she was, she was super intelligent. Um, and then we went there and we, we rollerbladed. And um, I remember clearly her telling me that it was a pretty amazing experience to suddenly be rollerblading down the street that she'd only seen in Google Maps. But that's an example of what I want to explain. And yet what people don't understand is that everything is becoming more virtual. Everything is becoming more model orientated um, in terms of how businesses work. Look, there's a one major, I can't remember which business that I was reading last week, one major international business just ordered 60,000 um, Oculus headsets from Oculus. They're going to do all their work and 
all their training. Everybody in their company gets an Oculus headset and that's gonna to come to your company. All the major companies have done it and um, they are, the major, the British Olympic athletes are using the virtual world for their training. NASCAR mm -hmm. drivers are using iNASCAR, the internet version for their training. It's a tool and you have to use the tool for yes. the right. Yes, 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 yes. The right, the right task. And uh, well, here, here's the other thing. Let's let's take let's take a really theoretical example. Let's say you play badminton, right? And let's say you like to play badminton, and let's say you only have the time or the opportunity to visit the sports hall to play badminton once a week. Yeah. Well, this is the situation for many, many, many people around the world, and what virtual reality allows people to do is actually prepare for that meeting by playing badminton in their flat it it's just the creation of a new habit and i say, I say just within you know inverted commas because it's not an easy thing to do um to change the habits of and, and the thinking of so yeah. many people children see their parents sitting and watching something some abstract piece of information about people they don't yeah. know in a faraway place and it's not it, it's not any worse right you know it's it, parents here <laughs> here's what we all do we all do this we criticize our children for doing the same things that we do it's it's deeper than that not only are they repeating what they see their parents do they're repeating what their parents think mm. and it's uh, it's like getting a it's like getting a tattoo inside your brain yeah. basically about um about how the world works and what is considered normal that's why when my children were very young i you can argue they're still young i wanted them to travel and have as many different experiences in different places as possible because partly because that's what helped me um and partly because i don't want them to think there's only one way to do everything because everybody tends to think there's only one way to do everything mm -hmm. and really there's not um now that one way that a person has it might be the best way i don't know mm -hmm. um but one of the reasons why we can't solve problems in the world is that we limit our possibilities to there being only one way in which things can be done, there being only one solution to the problem. We only see things from one perspective. Mm -hmm. And this ability to free ourselves from our own ego is extremely important in giving ourselves no limits for the future, which I think is what we want for our families and for our children. We don't want limits to be placed there. And yeah, people don't get it. Like I, I spend on average, it's probably like half an hour a day in virtual reality. Mm -hmm. You can argue it's, lot not a lot i don't know whatever um 
but I can drop into virtual reality and I can go into a chat room and I can, I can talk to cups of coffee and they talk back to me. I mean, you can argue that that's weird and wrong and strange and pointless, or you can argue that that's what we'd really like to do. Do you know, <laughs> there's somebody somewhere who would really like to be a cup of coffee, <laughs> right? Mm. And they're quite comfortable as a cup of coffee. Mm. And um, so I've got this, so, so the, it, it's the freedom to, is, the benefit, you know, there's a loss as well, there's a negative side as well, you've got to be really careful of. But the benefit is that people are, freed up to explore even more of their own imagination that they can't explore on a daily basis because they're trapped within a fixed set of realities as your as your, your your daughter has realized already that this is the reality and they are copying the reality the same way that if you were a, if you were a cowboy she'd be riding a horse all the time you know <laughs> if you were a if you were a Formula One driver, she'd be sitting on the couch going, big set of earphones on because, you know, it's loud. So um, the, these, these, these things and like, like this is an experience from two weeks ago. So I'm in this chat room and I'm talking to this cup of coffee and this cup of coffee is talking back to me and we're having a normal conversation like me and you sitting talking, right? <laughs> And the cup of coffee turns to me and says, here's a question for you. I'm like, okay. And the cup of coffee said, would you drink me? <laughs> I'm like, no, I wouldn't. And the cup of coffee's like, why? I'm like, it's just too weird. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's just too strange for me. I just like, I, 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 I couldn't do it because I couldn't do it because my thinking is, so fixed in the sense of this is completely the wrong thing to do mm. right <laughs> but um realizing that a lot of success in life comes from the transference of skills taking something from one area and applying it in another area really taking a solution that works in one area and applying it to mm. other areas as well and we, we do this in life. Um, we see what works for other people and we try it ourselves. Um, that's what technology should be used for. That's what television should be used for. It shouldn't be used to pump out stupid telenovela soap operas that, um, that um, are emotional washing machines for the psychology of the housewife basically mm. not really there are no housewives anymore everybody works right so <laughs> who watches this stuff anyway who watches daytime tv i thought everybody works what the hell is daytime television who's got the time for that i mean that, that that's that's kind of insanity um people get paid for that rubbish i, I don't understand um <laughs> So, um, yeah, transference of skills. And um, there was, 
there's technology can help us with the transference of skills. It can help us to get beyond the limitations that we don't even see within ourselves, mm-hmm. which is the fact that we tend to think that we'd be mad to do something different, but would we really be mad to do something different? If I sat in my kitchen and I talked to a coffee cup, people would go, he's completely mad. And maybe I would be if I sat in my kitchen and talked to a coffee cup. But if I sit in virtual reality and talk to a coffee cup and the coffee cup talks back to me, well, is that really any different from getting our children to watch a Disney film and investing ideas and thoughts in the characters there? Um, I, I don't really think it's that much different. We, um, it's, it's, it's returning the adult to a certain extent to a childlike mentality, which is a little bit dangerous, but if you use it in the right way, um, it can be very effective in helping solve a lot of issues and a lot of problems because it helps us see things from a different perspective, just like the racing driver practices on the track, but the track is not really there. They're practicing in their mind. They're training their body to react properly to the, to the real life situation. There's absolutely no reason why we, we can't do that in all of the areas of our life to to help us prepare. Um, and I think that it's, it's another dimension that people haven't quite processed in their brains. I believe that schools as we know them are dead. Mm-hmm. The traditional concept of school is, is finished. It finished about 10, 15 years ago, but nobody noticed. And the last institution to change to parallel society is always the government. People change first and then the government changes, but that's how society organizes itself. It's not the government changes and then people change, it's people change and then the government changes. Yeah. Anybody sitting waiting for the government to help them, not gonna happen. You gotta get up and get out and help yourself, right? Um, And as a result, The ability to learn through the technology is far greater than the ability to learn through um, a fixed system. Here's, here's, here's a point that, that you made, which I think is really important, but it's nuanced. And nuanced means that, that there are little parts of it that are more important than other parts. <laughs> yeah. Not everything has the same value. And you were talking mm-hmm. about a child who spends three hours with their mobile phone. Yeah. Now, first of all, we've got to look at whether the person is creating or consuming. Yeah. So let's take a similar parallel example. Let's say you spend three hours in the kitchen. You could spend three hours baking. You could spend three hours eating, right? Not the same, not the same thing. Yeah. Um, you can go to the sports hall and you can play basketball. You can go to the sports hall and you can watch someone play basketball. They're not the same 
thing. Mm. Yeah. So you've got to look at the perspective of creation and uh, consuming. Now, consuming is hopefully thinking about things, but uh, creation is, is exploring what is possible within a certain reality to achieve a certain result. You're, you're, you're far much more in control of what's going on. Now, if a person watches three hours of YouTube on their mobile phone, if a child watches three hours of YouTube on their mobile phone, that could essentially be classed as negative, unless they're watching a documentary film, mm. unless they're watching something that brings them some educational value, unless they could be playing Minecraft. They could be building a village in Minecraft, right? Is it a bad thing to do? Build a village in Minecraft? Well, it's actually an extremely complex activity that, to be honest, most adults couldn't do. If I gave you a mobile phone and I said, build a village in Minecraft, you'd, you'd, first of all, you'd think I'm a bit crazy to want you to do it. Second of all, you wouldn't be able to do it. Mm. You just wouldn't be able to do it. Sorry. You just it, it would be too complicated for you. But if you give the average eight-year-old a mobile phone and you say to them, build a village in Minecraft, they could do it. Question, who's got the better skills? Who's more future-minded? Who's more future-orientated? Who's prepared for the future? I would argue the child is more prepared for the future. Now, the adult will provide the security of the environment. You know, it's the adult that's providing money and a home and clothes and food and all those essential background things. But adults always want to criticize children for things that adults couldn't do themselves, which is essentially mm -hmm. completely, completely wrong. Yeah. Anytime a child is doing something that the, the, the first thought in a, the first thought in any educator's mind when a child is doing something should be, can I do the same thing that the child is doing? to the same skill level that the child is doing it. If I can, then I can help them. If I can't, then they're already better than me. And I need to get out of their way because they're already further down the road. Now you can still offer guidance and help and support in that situation. But um, there are many examples with technology where the children are further down the road than the adults are. Yeah, and that would be that would be one example where um, the time with the technology is not necessarily negative if you're using it for educational value. It's just how you use the tool. Yeah. It's just how you use the tool. What's better? What's what's worse? What's worse? Sitting and watching the news for an hour or sitting and playing a violent video game for an hour? The crazy thing is that what I've, dis what I've discovered is that a lot of violent video games have a lot of complex puzzles in them. Some of them don't, some of them are just stupid, right? But some of them are, there's a lot of thought going into the method and the type and uh, the, the way in which things are orientated and organized and it's not, and then the, the skills that people need to develop to solve certain elements of, of gameplay and puzzles is far more complex than 
people actually realize. People don't actually realize the, the complexity of the interactivity of, of, of certain elements. And uh, things are going to get more complex. And, and that's, not, that's not always a good thing because you know, simple is beautiful. And we mm. want to keep things simple a lot of the time. But uh, um, the children are able far more carefully to orientate themselves in the complexity of technology than the adults are where adults just get confused. And also, if you look down throughout history, a lot of the great inventions come from scientists who have a childlike mentality. Mm. In fact, a lot, of, a lot of great discoveries and inventions actually come from children. They actually come from children. If you look down throughout history, I remember reading in the last few years that children have solved certain scientific problems that adults couldn't. Like they've discovered molecular structures that adults didn't know existed. That uh, they've, they've solved astronomical problems that adults couldn't because adults were thinking only, only one way. And children can't solve problems if they're not given the freedom to solve problems. If they're not given the freedom to explore what it is that they want to explore. The same, same problem in companies, right? Companies are not going to solve problems if they don't give their employees the freedom to explore various different methods of trying to solve problems. When we have the fixed way and the one way and the only way, that, that is some security for the company, but it's also insecurity for the future because the future is going to require some kind of diversification that we don't know just yet. Yeah, and this, this, this we don't know just yet is so important because things will happen tomorrow that nobody knows yet. People will do stuff that nobody understands yet. Um, we've got our plans and we can orientate ourselves towards building a better future when we have those plans and we can involve other people when we've got those plans, but people don't quite understand that. And the greatest example of this is the stock market where Tell me, the hundreds of thousands of people and hundreds of thousands of companies invest billions and billions in stock markets and trading stocks. And that's the backbone for most big companies. You know, um, Johnson & Johnson share prices are, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? So um, the thing is that nobody can predict what the share price is going to be tomorrow at the end of the day, nobody, nobody mm. can predict it. It's impossible. Despite the fact you have the greatest minds, supposedly, in the world, working in that area. And the largest amount of investment in human history in that area, nobody knows. And yet people think that fixed methods are going to provide solutions to the problems that we have in the world today. 
they're 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 not they're not there's <laughs> um thinking itself is a chaotic process it, it's very unclear for a lot of us a lot of the time we don't always think logically and think rationally and we find ourselves i think everybody finds themselves at a certain point in time daydreaming you know our thoughts drift off to something else and we have to refocus and bring them back to the task at hand and that uh that daydreaming is is important for 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 problem solving in psychology it's a type of dream control as well it's a type of dream control um There's a, so here, here's a final thought on, on the topic I was talking about, which is that answers to problems come from essentially the, the, root, of, the root of the solutions is thinking mm-hmm. and how we think about things. And the more limited that we are in our thinking is similar to the way that we're limited in our physical abilities as well. But if we don't train our mind as we train our body, like if we don't train our body, we can't jog, we can't climb the mountain, you know, we, we, we can't, we can't do much if we don't train our body. Mm-hmm. And the same, we can't do much if we don't train our mind. The problem being that you know, training the body is has a, has a visible result. Training training the mind has an invisible result, which is hard for people to see. But training the mind training the mind requires free thought, which is uh, thinking without limitation. And I think that uh, it's something that children are good at until they go to school. Mm. And then at which point they start school, they suddenly begin to see walls everywhere. There's a lot of can't. There's much more can't than can. You can't go where you want to go. You can't read what you want to read. There's, there are extreme limitations. And we, we call this safety. We say it's a safe environment for the children. Um, well, that just doesn't really give us anything positive about the adult world that we've created. (laughs) If we feel that we need to keep children safe all the time, what kind of world have we as adults created? We haven't created a very good world for them. If we feel that it's not their fault, it's our fault. And uh, most people's thinking doesn't go that far because most people can't see themselves as responsible for the problem. You know, it's, I'm doing my thing. Okay. <laughs> might 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 or might not solve the problem. You don't know, right? You can spend 20 years working your ass off to get your certificate and qualification and your degree, and you can fucking die the next day. What's the point? Right. What is the point? I'm not saying don't plan or don't have a long-term vision and don't work towards stuff. I'm, just saying that there's an unpredictable element in everything that we can't quite control. Um, so uh, it, it needs to be understood 
And the virtual world personally has helped me to understand the bigger elements of possibility that still limit a lot of people in modern the modern day world where I had this conversation, in fact, I had this conversation with my children recently because we were talking, we're talking about limitations. I have the same conversations with my kids. And um, I was saying, you know, what's freedom? And freedom is, you know, freedom is like what makes you feel good, right? Really, you know, it, it, it's, it's being able to do what you want to do without limitation. And look at the adult world, right? rules for everything now some of these rules are quite practical you want to drive your car on one side of the road and not both sides of the road but um sometimes the rules limit us as well and you're most free in a world that has less limitation by definition and uh technology still has a lot of that you go into the virtual world, there's nobody telling you where to go. There's nobody telling you what to do. There's nobody telling you you can't do anything. Nobody. You go where you want, do what you want, build what you want. There's absolutely zero limitation in there. Which is the positive element of it, where you know, if you could do anything in the world that you wanted to do, what would you do? Now, whereas we can't do it in our physical environment, which tells me there's something wrong with our environment. If we can't do that to a certain extent. We're not teaching young people in the right way. Um, but you can do it in the digital environment. You can go in there and explore and build and integrate and, and create and share. And there's nobody telling you you can't. There's nobody telling you you can't do it. And that's extremely powerful because as I said, what would you do if there was no limitations? What would you do if nobody told you that you couldn't do anything? I'm pretty sure that everybody would do their job slightly differently <laughs> because um, some people would use it for positive things, some people negative. That's, you know, that's the way that we are. But uh, um, we would, uh, I, I remember here's, here's, here's a final thought, actually, here's a real final thought. In my last year at school, there was a project for some of the better students. I was one of the better students for some, I don't even know what that means to be a better student. There was a project where the school gave us a certain amount of money and with that money, we could do whatever we wanted. But it had to be, there was some rule, like it had to be something for the community. community. It had to be something other people could use. Mm -hmm. We were all really confused and puzzled by this. Because, and I, I, I only worked out years later, I was confused and puzzled because it had never happened before. <laughs> Nobody had ever said, you can do whatever you want. Nobody ever said that to me. I was really confused and puzzled when it happened. Because what happens when you leave school? <laughs> you've got, you've got, suddenly you've got to orientate yourself towards finding a way to survive in the world. And um, school doesn't prepare you for that at all. Because school's kind of 
<laughs> it borders on being a safe prison for children. <laughs> not that that's always a, you know, not that it's bad to be safe, but um, you know, we don't want to raise our children in, in prisons. There's a great documentary film, if you want background, there's a great documentary film called The War on Kids. And in it, they do a study of the similarities between prisons and schools. And the end of the study is that you can't tell the difference. You know, there's just like a text about a school and a text about a prison, and people are asked to define which is which, mm. and they, they get it wrong. They think the school is the prison and the prison is the school. Just from the facts of the way that the organizations run. It's really fascinating. Um, really fascinating. Anyway. Uh, the War on Kids, well worth uh, searching out that documentary. It's old now, it's like 15, 20 years old, but uh, um, it will still be relevant, perhaps even more relevant today than ever before. Right, um, 